Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew 2, we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 15, and this can be found on page 808 in the Pew Bible in front of you, 808 in the Pew Bible, Matthew 2, 13 through 15, and then also, if you can put a finger there, and then also back in Hosea, Hosea 11, which is uh, page 757, so 808 in the Pew Bible, 757 in the Pew Bible as well. Matthew 2, 13 through 15, and then Hosea 11. Hosea 11. I'll read these as we go. So Matthew 2, and then Hosea 11. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask now that you would take these words that I'm about to speak from your word, that you would Use them to help us uh, have a greater love for Jesus this Christmas season. Would you do that for us? Would you take these words and apply them to our lives? In Jesus' name, amen. Many of us have probably heard of a story of a father, how a father has protected or rescued his son from danger or trouble. Many of, many of us have, have probably experienced the love of a father towards his son in protecting them. Maybe you do that. Many of us can relate to the love of a father towards his children. As a, as a father, I would do just about anything to protect my sons and daughters We all probably understand what we are willing to sacrifice, right? What we are willing to sacrifice to keep our children safe, to protect them. We all understand that. And certainly we see in our, in our story this morning this same truth. But there's something more that I want us to see that Matthew teaches us concerning the arrival of Jesus as he goes into Egypt and is protected from Pharaoh. Or from, from Herod. I'm going to compare him to Pharaoh here in a moment. But from, from Herod. And this is what I want to focus on this morning. The arrival of Jesus in fulfilling the words spoken by the prophet Hosea reminds us of God's love for us. Our need for rescue and our hope of restoration. So first, you see this in your outline. The arrival of Jesus in fulfilling the words spoken by the prophet Hosea Reminds us of God's love for us. Reminds us of God's love for us. Look with me now at, at Matthew two thirteen through 15. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had sp spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. So in this passage, we, we continue in the story surrounding the early years of Jesus' life. We've been taking time this Christmas season to consider the arrival of Jesus as spoken by the prophets. Our emphasis has been on the prophets. From his miraculous birth, right, being born of a virgin, 
to his humble beginnings in Bethlehem as the wise men came to worship him and to now an escape to Egypt, an escape to Egypt, a departure to a foreign land for protection from the wrath of King Herod. As Matt Shipman presented last week, he presented us well, this picture for us well, that, that Herod wants to destroy any threat to the throne. And so the wise men have, have come to worship Jesus. And they're warned in this previous section to avoid Herod, so they depart and they go another way, back to their own country. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he says, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So Herod is told, jo Joseph is told to take Jesus and Mary to Egypt. And Jesus will be protected from Herod. And notice, notice Joseph's obedience. Verse 14, and he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. He takes him at night, perhaps to show his willingness to immediately obey what he has heard. Perhaps to remain hidden. They leave when it's dark so they wouldn't be seen. And they remain in Egypt until the death of Herod. So what we see here is that Jesus is taken into Egypt. He goes into Egypt to be protected there until the death of Herod. And this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Hosea. Out of Egypt I called my son. So the question we need to ask is this. How does Jesus, did you catch this? How does Jesus' entrance into Egypt fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Hosea? How does Jesus bring to pass the words spoken in Hosea 11? This is what's being picked up on. Before we ask, how should we apply this to our lives? Now jump back to Hosea 11, verses 1 through 4. Hosea 11, 1 through 4. When Israel was a child... I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. There, there's the text that's, that's being quoted in, by Matthew. We'll pick up on this in a minute. Let's keep reading. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I bent down to them and fed them. Hosea is reminding us of God's love for his people, Israel. Of God's love for Israel. As he reflects back on the exodus from Egypt at the time of, of their birth as a nation. The people of Israel had multiplied in Egypt, but they were slaves in Egypt. You recall this in, in the story of Exodus, right? You recall how the Pharaoh, he sought to destroy God's people. He treated them as slaves. 
And the people of Israel cry out in their bondage. They cry out in their suffering. And God heard their cry, and God knew. And he raises up Moses, who, who is protected from the wrath of Pharaoh when Pharaoh sought to kill the Israelite boys. And God raises up Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt, out of their slavery. And this is what we read in Exodus 4. God is going to multiply his signs and wonders, and he's going to show his power over Pharaoh and the Egyptian gods. Exodus 4, 21 through 23 says this, And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, now here's what I want you to note, notice this, then you shall say to, the, to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. So we see here that God calls Israel his son. He will protect his son. We know the story of, of Exodus. God shows his love for his people by delivering them out of their bondage. As he says in Hosea 11.1, 1, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. So Hosea is reflecting back on Israel as being God's son that's being protected and delivered by God because of his love for them. Listen to how God's love is described here in, in Hosea 11. I taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms. They, they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness with the bands of love. I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. I bent down to them and fed them. God loves his people. God loved his people by teaching them, by healing them, by leading them with kindness, by his gentleness, and by feeding them. Israel, as God's son, saw and experienced the love of God the Father. The exodus from Egypt displays God's love. Out of Egypt, I called my son. So as Hosea looks back on the exodus, there, there's a pattern in his own day that a return from exile, a return to their homeland, could be compared then to the exodus. Right? So Hosea is... Looking forward, to the, looking forward and seeing the exile, they're going to return from exile, which is another exodus experience. A new exodus would occur as God would again display his love for his people. If you're familiar with the book of Hosea, the entire book of Hosea could be a description of God's love. Right From the very beginning, we see God's love displayed over and over and over for his rebellious, adulterous people. And in a similar way, Matthew then is picking up on this pattern and example of 
another exodus. And as we've seen before, Matthew wants to show us then that Jesus relives the history of Israel. He's going into Egypt. He's going to come out of Egypt. He'll be protected from Herod's wrath and the slaughter of children. A lot like Pharaoh situation back in Exodus. Jesus is going to pass through the waters at his baptism. Could be compared to the crossing of the Red Sea. He's going to be tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, right? He's in the wilderness for 40 days. You can compare that to the wilderness wanderings of the people of Israel for 40 years. And he's going to give us the law. We get the law of Christ. He is true Israel. Because what Matthew is observing in reference to Israel as a nation, right, as a son, when Israel, Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. What, what Matthew is observing in reference to Israel as a nation is now coming to pass, it's coming to its climax in a person, in Jesus Christ, in the Son of God. Jesus now enters into Egypt and will remain in Egypt until the death of Herod. And Jesus will be called out of Egypt. Out of Egypt I called my son. This foreshadows a new exodus in which God again will display his love for his people through the true Israelite. Through Jesus, through the Son of God, salvation will come. How did salvation, how does deliverance come to us? In his love, the Son of God came to earth to succeed where Adam failed and where Israel failed and where you and I fail so that he might die a sacrificial death in our place. You've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. We celebrate Christmas because of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Right? Listen to, these, sir, listen to these words that we sang earlier. I love this song. Listen to the love of God for us. How deep the Father's love for us. Just how deep. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. What? That he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Praise God for his love that we have experienced in Jesus Christ. His love is deep. It is vast for us. And we see this in the giving of his son to bring about a new exodus, to rescue us from our bondage to sin. Have you considered the depth of God's love for you? One of the reasons we give gifts to our children on Christmas, 
One of the reasons, right? One of the reasons we give gifts to our children on Christmas is because we love them. We want to bless our children, don't we? Not only do we seek to protect them from harm, and not only do we hate to see them suffer, but we willingly, joyfully seek to bless them and we seek to provide for their needs. And this is what you and I have seen and experienced in the arrival of Jesus Christ. We see God's love displayed for us. Because in a greater way, Jesus, who is true Israel, goes into Egypt and through him brings about a great exodus for us. He delivers us from our bondage to sin. We are drawn to Jesus through his cords of love, and he has tightly bound us to him. And nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Be reminded in the arrival of Jesus. So when you celebrate Christmas, be reminded of God's love for you. Right? As you watch the kids open up their gifts, think, wow, what a great gift I have received in Christ. Because a reminder of God's love should cause us to love him and turn to him. And remember our need for rescue, our need for him. This is my second point. The arrival of Jesus in fulfilling the words spoken by the prophet Hosea reminds us of our need for rescue. It's likely that Matthew, this Gospel of Matthew, that he has the entire context of Hosea 11 in mind when he writes what he does And so what we learn about Israel as a whole and their failure, and what we learn about the fact that Jesus is reliving their story also reminds us that that there is a sense in which we are just like Israel. We too, apart from Christ, are in bondage to our sin. We turn to our own ways and we live for ourselves and we fail to love God and place him at the center of our lives. And certainly we can see some parallels here in, in between Israel and us and Hosea, which shows our need for rescue. And that's what I want us to consider. So look with me now at Hosea 11:2 and then 5 through 7. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. They shall not, or surely, return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage, rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. We see here a description of the people of Israel. Though they had seen God's love and compassion, they went away. They they kept sacrificing to the Baals and offerings, burnt offerings to idols. And then the consequence for their action would be exile, which we see in verses 5 and 6. The people of Israel had been warned time and time again. We see this in Kings. We see this in the prophets. They were warned time and time again that if they turned away from God and turned to the idols and worshipped idols, 
they would be exiled from their land. Verse 7, they are bent on turning away from the Lord. This was the problem of Israel, which is why there was a need for rescue. And this is why there was a need for a new covenant and new hearts. And this is our problem apart from Jesus as well. And this is why Christ arrived. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We need rescue. Like Israel, we are prone to wander. Our hearts turn away from the Lord. We go after the things of this world, whether it's, whether it's pleasure, whether it's approval, whether it's recognition, whether it's riches, whether it's seeking security in this life, whether it's knowledge, whether it's status. We are prone to place our trust and confidence in things that do not ultimately satisfy just as the people of Israel did. They were bent on turning away from the Lord. And not only did they turn away from the Lord and go after idols, but did you notice what else they did or refused to do? The end of verse 5. They refused to return to me, to the Lord. They refused to repent. It's one thing to acknowledge that we sin and we turn away from God and pursue the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride that comes from possessions, but it's quite another thing to refuse to return to the Lord. Right? We might acknowledge that we sin. We might agree with what God's word says about our sin and our actions and attitudes, that they're impure, they're defiled, they're corrupt. But do we return to the Lord? The Christian life is a life of repentance. Of turning away from sin and turning to God, to the Lord. It's not about perfection. We won't obey perfectly. Only Jesus obeyed perfectly. But it's about turning away from and turning to. One way that we can remember this, which we've taught the kids during one year, I think it was during VBS, there's a song that we sang, and it was the ABCs in responding to the gospel. I think this is helpful. A, admit to God you're a sinner and repent. B, believe that Jesus is God's Son. C, confess your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So as we apply this, as we apply this to, to our own lives, let's admit, let's acknowledge the sin that's in our life. First, right, this might involve sharing with others, it might look like accountability, having accountability in your life. Let's admit that we are sinners. But let's not stop there. Let's repent. 
Let's turn to Christ, turn away from and turn to Christ and believe in him and what he has done for us on the cross. And let's confess him as Savior and, and Lord. Where he becomes the king of our lives. And might we remember that even though we sin, we will sin. God does not stop pursuing us. Have you experienced that? We need to be rescued from our sin. It is a dangerous place to be. If we don't think we need to be rescued, it's a dangerous place for us to be in. If we don't even see that we have a problem of sin in our own lives. The arrival of Jesus reminds us that he came to rescue us. He came to save us. And therefore, his love for us should compel us to love him and to love others. We love because he first loved us. Third and finally, the arrival of Jesus in fulfilling the words spoken by the prophet Hosea reminds us of our hope of restoration. Our hope of restoration. Look with me now at Hosea 11, 8 through 11. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the, from the land of Assyria. And I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. Ephraim has surrounded me with lies. This is the last verse in verse 12. And the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah still walks with God and is faithful to the Holy One. So with this, this whole context in mind, Jesus going into Egypt and fulfilling the words, out of Egypt I called my son, there is the expectation that he will come out of Egypt and deliver them and restore his people. And in light of Israel in the days of Hosea, even though God's people would go into exile, there would be a return. He would not destroy them. God would not give up on his people. God's love never fails. It never gives up. He pursues his people. And so we, we see it here, right? God's heart recoils within him. His compassion grows warm and tender, and he will not come in wrath. 
Verse 10, they shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion, and when he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from where? From Egypt. And like doves from the land of Assyria. And I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. There is much here that we could unpack. I wish I had time to unpack this. For a cross-reference in your own study of this passage, in regard to him roaring like a lion, see Numbers 23 and 24. Okay, so Numbers 23, 24 of the king roaring like a lion. And the point I want us to see is that there is a return from exile. They don't stay in Egypt and Assyria, but the Lord returns them to their homes. And so there is hope for God's people, and there is hope for us. That with the arrival of Jesus and being called out of Egypt, that we will be restored. We will be restored in God's presence forever because our home is ultimately in heaven. Our home is with the Lord in heaven. We will be restored in God's presence. And this is what God's promised land was ultimately pointing to. Return from exile to the promised land was pointing to this time in which we will be a participate in the new heavens and new earth and be in God's presence forever. Forever. So, the arrival of Jesus should give you hope. It should give you hope because, it means, because of what it means for those who trust in Christ, right? We are restored. We have peace. We have fellowship with God. His new exodus ultimately leads to a greater promised land. That's our hope. Does the arrival of Jesus give you hope? Where have you been placing your hope? Are you placing your hope in your finances? Are you placing your hope in your health? Are you placing your hope in your future? Might we set our hope fully on the grace of God and the return of our Lord Jesus Christ? It is only because of his arrival that we have the hope of eternal life. So this Christmas season, as you celebrate the arrival of our Savior, remember God's love for you. Right? Let's not forget God's love. Remember that you needed to be rescued from sin and remember the hope of eternal life that God freely, freely gives to all who trust in his Son. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are reminded of your great love for us. As Jesus went into Egypt and was brought out of Egypt to lead a new exodus, which was accomplished on his, in his death on the cross for us, through the blood of the sacrificial lamb for us. It's because of Jesus that we have the hope of eternal life. We were just like the Israelites. 
in bondage to our sin, in need of being rescued. But we have hope because of Jesus, because of his arrival. We give you thanks for that this morning. We give you thanks this morning for your great love. And might you continue to remind us of your love so that we can love you and love others this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.